So let's start off today's episode with a news article from Nintendo. It looks like Nintendo will no longer service the original Wii in Japan, and that pretty much means that the Wii is coming to an end in Japan, and most likely everywhere else in the world. The Nintendo Wii had a very good run, and it was one of the best-selling uh, home consoles, or the best, one of the best-selling Nintendo products of all time. I think it sold over 100 million units, and this thing came out in December uh, 2nd, of uh, 2006, at least uh, in Japan, and not too shortly uh, around that same time in America and the other uh, regions. And overall, the original Wii was just one heck of a good system from Nintendo. I don't think anybody knew the manpower and how many units this thing would actually sell in its lifetime when it actually comes uh, to the original Wii. I think the original Wii is actually a very special uh, machine. I didn't know motion controls would actually catch everyone's eye. I really do think that Nintendo was just in a good spot too where mobile gaming hadn't fully taken over and a lot of people wanted to play the Wii more specifically. They actually wanted to play Wii Sports. I think it was just a very smart move that Nintendo found one of the best games to actually uh, launch with the Wii when it comes to the Wii Motion and actually show people why motion controls are actually really useful and can actually be practical in video games with the launch of uh, Wii Sports. And honestly, I don't think Nintendo would have sold as many units as they as they as they did if it wasn't for the emotion control shipping with a very good game uh, Wii Sports I remember way back in the day when the Wii was actually relevant I remember so many people actually buying this thing specifically to play Wii Sports and I remember it was actually used in just a very good way it was also trying to let people get fitness into their homes not just the younger generation but also the older generation with things like care homes and care facilities they really wanted to get into the Wii and really play things like Wii bowling Wii tennis Wii golf all these different uh activities on Wii sports so prop to Nintendo for actually making one of the best consoles of all time is it personally my favorite console of all time or one of my favorite Nintendo consoles of all time Definitely not, but I can say it's definitely one of those things that where they just hit the market at the right time and they launched it with the right software and the right support and that thing still had some manpower and looking back at the Wii, it still is a very cool creation because like I said again, who thought the Nintendo Wii would actually last as long as it did and sell as many units as it did with a gimmick as most controls and looking back on it, it was one heck of a ride when it comes to the Wii itself, so two thumbs up to Nintendo, but yeah, everything must end one day and it is about time for the Wii to call it quits. So it looks like again Japan will no longer service the original Wii from uh, 2006 and it had one heck of a ride. The next story on my list is actually an article about how a company is actually going to be making eight fancy Atari branded gaming hotels uh, in America and I actually really don't know uh, what to think about this. Of course we already have Super Nintendo World I think launching I think uh, in Japan and I think there's going to be one in America and this is kind of a similar uh, scenario where they're actually trying to entice people to go to a whole bunch of these hotels with the Atari brand and I have a lot of questions here because you may not know this in the last couple of years Atari has been trying to come back with something like the C CVS I do believe basically they trying to get this Indiegogo uh, campaign started for a brand new Atari uh, 
Atari console, and there's been a lot of problems with that console releasing. On top of that, they've lied to consumers overall. That's really just been a very big disaster if you ask me personally and honestly I don't know how I feel about that brand new console supposedly still coming out I say supposedly because who knows if that console is actually going to launch or not launch but just just due to the fact that that thing has had a lot of backlash and a lot of people are asking questions about that new uh, Atari console this does make me worried and why should you actually make a whole bunch of hotels across America regarding the uh Atari brand because Atari as we speak right now is not relevant a lot of people remember them for of course making the Atari like 2600 and things like that and uh, overall I don't think a lot of people may not even be interested in something like this it's just the name Atari. Uh, for me personally and for a lot of people right now just leaves a bad taste in their mouth mouth on top of the uh, new Atari system that's supposedly coming out sometime this year or next year because we don't know if they're going to delay it again. You guys remember they did have also a campaign for the Nintendo Switch and they did talk about how they were trying to bring Roller Coaster Tycoon back and they were trying to fund the game but that's also just a very sketchy thing because uh, they already have a lot of money in the bank from all their Atari consoles and some of their IPs and things like that. So that's why I don't really know what to think about having these branded uh, branded Atari branded gaming hotels uh, scattered across America. Now, you can't see the picture, obviously, since you are watching this as a uh, podcast, so audio only. But the thing is, with the picture that I'm currently looking at on this article, it does actually look like that this Atari uh, branded hotels are supposed to be some type of like futuristic space theme and what I'm seeing here basically the vibes that I'm getting off of this picture it looks like they're going to be trying to actually make them look like Star Wars and the future and things like that so that's very interesting I'm actually trying to see if it's Atari that's trying to do this or another company it looks like it's actually, as far as I can tell, it's actually going to be another company, I do believe, that's actually going to be trying to get these off of the ground and trying to get Atari's approval to actually get these hotels uh, up and running. I'm actually surprised that they're actually trying to do eight of these. Now, the keyword in this actual article does state they're supposed to be fancy Atari branded gaming hotels. Again, the keyword is fancy. So who knows how much uh, money it's actually going to cost you to stay in this thing. And just by looking at this picture again, it looks futuristic. It, it looks over the top. It just really does scream fancy. So most likely it's not going to be something you're going to go to uh, for fun. Or if you do go for fun, for instance, it's probably going to be a lot of money and it's going to be super expensive. I don't know if even uh, an average uh, consumer of video games are just an average Joe is going to be able to go to this because it does look expensive. Obviously, we'll need more details about this if this is ever going to come true. And if they are going to do something like this, how much would this actually uh, cost if they were to release an Atari branded gaming hotel? And what would they actually put in these hotels is just a whole nother thing. Of course, obviously, if they're going to be Atari branded, they would put a lot of Atari consoles in there. Maybe they would uh, just have a lot of Atari memorabilia, just a lot of memories of Atari and it would scream Atari and it would just make sense. Honestly, the people who would even want to go to something with something like this would be people who either grew up with the Atari, which does make sense, or maybe, for instance, you would want to get people who just are very passionate about video games, whether you love uh, current-gen stuff and you want to see the history of video games practically because, of course, Atari is definitely one of the uh, 
oldest brands out there. It may be uh, the uh, first console out there. It's really hard to say if it's one of the first consoles out there. And then on top of that, maybe if you just love retro stuff, you may be interested in visiting these Atari-branded uh, gaming hotels as well. But overall, I think this is a very cool concept, and it's actually uh, very unique because right now we see a lot of different stuff out there in the world, whether it's entertainment, whether it's uh, like uh, hotels, movie theaters, and things like that, and they're not really branded to one specific thing. So it would be kind of cool to actually have a branded hotel based around Atari. And honestly, if I did have the money or some way, I can actually check this out when this thing actually uh, comes out, if it ever does come comes out then I would be down to check this out it does seem like a very cool concept but just the fact that it is Atari branded is uh, kind of sketchy to me but then again as long as it's a third party uh, company or something that is trying to get the Atari branding on these hotels then I don't think there would actually be a problem but if it's Atari itself which I'm kind of unclear about again then it could be actually very sketchy and honestly I wouldn't really trust anything about this what I also want to know about these hotels is the fact that are they actually going to put like branded food based around the Atari properties and the Atari consoles and things like that I just really want to know how over the top are they actually going to make uh, this hotel when it comes to the Atari uh, when it comes to these uh, Atari hotels but overall this is just some very interesting news I do believe that a uh, company wants to make eight again eight fancy Atari branded gaming hotels across the US or across America so some very interesting stuff now we have some pretty much some kind of throwback news regarding Apple it looks like this is uh the 10-year anniversary of the original iPad, and we can talk about how the iPad was really a revolutionary device when it came out because prior to this, we really didn't see tablets uh, become mainstream, and if we had tablets, they weren't that good. I think there were companies like HP who may have had them and some computer companies that had tablets, but overall, this is the first big success of the tablet, and this is how tablets are today for the most part, and props to Apple. You may hate or love Apple, but no matter what you think of Apple, you cannot deny that the iPad was definitely a game changer, especially for the time that it came out. It came out in a time where tablets weren't relevant. A lot of people never knew about tablets, even if they were out on the market. Overall, they just were just a very cool idea. It was pretty much Apple's idea where they wanted to actually have a middle ground for an actual device. They already had smartphones, and then with smartphones becoming increasingly more popular, they had things like laptops, but they wanted something that was going to be a middle ground that maybe was slightly bigger than your smartphone, but not as clunky as like a laptop that had a keyboard on it. So that does make sense. Now looking back at the iPad and having the iPad about 10 years now, what I can actually say from the iPad now, they really haven't done anything different with the iPad looking at it uh, 10 years ago to compare to what we have today on the market since obviously the iPads are still around and they're still aligned from Apple. They really haven't changed all too much, but just the fact that Apple did decide to release this middle ground device that was supposed to be a, a middle ground between a smartphone and an actual laptop I think is very interesting. And overall, again, I think it was actually a pretty big game changer from Apple. And overall, I still were, I'm still very glad that Apple decided to do something a little bit different and actually released an iPad, a tablet-based device, which is actually uh, pretty good on their part and overall two two thumbs up to uh, Steve Jobs because uh, when Steve Jobs actually uh, 
was still living. He actually uh, was part of the whole iPad uh, creation and things like that. One thing that's actually super funny about the uh, whole iPad line is just the fact that Steve Jobs was a person when he was uh, still relevant and still living was the fact that uh, he always envi envisioned uh, mobile devices to never have stylus. But now you look at the iPad line. Uh, today in 2020 and what do they have they have the a apple pencil and of course the apple pencil is a, a stylist uh from apple so of course that's actually interesting it's pretty much going going against the grain and going against what steve jobs was uh all about and i'm sure he he probably would have still never actually wanted a stylist on the uh, ipad to begin with but just to say that the uh, ipad does have a stylist is not necessarily a bad thing and not everything that steve jobs is going to do is necessarily right or necessarily wrong but just the fact that now they have stylist is actually very interesting so again it is nice to look back on the iP ipad and today as of the recording of this video it is the uh 10-year uh, anniversary of the iPad, and it will still always be somewhat semi-relevant. I know the iPad today is not as relevant as it was 10 years ago because it's not new, and they really haven't done anything too new with the iPad that it didn't do back in 2010, but two, uh, two thumbs up and props to Apple for making a, a device like that, which you guys know right after the iPad came out, a lot of other manufacturers started making these Android tablets, and of course, they haven't be been a big home run or a big success as the uh, iPad line has and probably will never be to be honest now let's actually move on to more iPad stuff because we do have more iPad news it does look like as of also the date of this recording it does look like the base iPad is on sale and I actually wanted to talk about that that's nothing too uh, important or too interesting but I do want to talk about this because the reason I want to talk about how the iPad is actually down to its lowest price, the base model. So you guys know last year in uh, 2019, I think September of uh, 2019, Apple did release another base model. They released the 10.2-inch uh, iPad 7th generation, which cost, uh, I think, around $350. And it was supposed to be a very easy and simple way to get into the uh, iPad ecosystem or iOS in general. And I actually do like that but just the fact that these things are always on sale like right now I'm actually looking up online and right now they are back down to their lowest price of all time which is $250 and I actually really do like this because I think it gives a lot of people a very nice way to get into the Apple ecosystem or maybe you want a device that's going to be pretty reliable and pretty nice than the iPad uh, seventh generation is definitely going to be the, the way to go and honestly I just love this because it just it's just really nice that no longer do you have to go to Apple or these other companies and actually space and spend crazy amounts of money to get into these all these different ecosystems and all these different devices. I remember when the iPad first launched and for many years after the iPad was always just one device and it costed $500 but now in 2020 they actually have multiple different iPads you can buy and then on top top of having multiple different iPads you can buy they're all different price points as well so it's actually very nice they're really trying to entice people by trying to make this iPad always go on sale again it's the base model which is a 10.2 inch screen for $250 sure it's not the best iPad out there and it is running the same specs you would be getting on the old I think uh, iPhone 7 so keep that in mind but just the fact that 
the entry to barrier on the iPad line is very accessible and this iPad always goes on sale this is not the first time it's been at a uh, $250 is actually a uh, very great news so again yes th thanks this uh, Apple just doesn't mind this thing getting into more people's hands because of course they want as many people as humanly possible to jump on the bandwagon when it comes to iOS of course that does mean unfortunately when it comes to the internet of all things or like mobile devices or devices in general it does mean of course the reason they want you to get onto their uh, operating system or onto their platform is because they want to sell data and they want to attract you and things like that that's really just the sad sad truth I don't know uh, how much Apple actually tracks people and if Apple actually tracks people at all I want to make that clear but there, of course there's money to be made and on top of that then with you being in their uh, ecosystem uh, the uh, iOS eco ecosystem that means most likely that it's going to be potential for money whether you're doing things like buying songs from them movies or TV shows getting Apple TV plus also the new Apple Arcade is on there as well so there's just all these different things outside of you just actually buying the iPad that will entice you to spend money for Apple and make them even much more richer so they always trying to find a, an easy way for people to get into their ecosystem and of course by putting the uh, base iPad the iPad 7 gen which is still currently sold today at $250 that's just the easiest way to actually uh, entice people to actually spend money on their uh, platform so that's interesting and it looks like right now this iPad is going to be on sale at Amazon and Best Buy so that's actually good it's actually going to be very convenient especially for a lot of people here in America of course we uh, have Amazon and then we have Best Buy and a lot of people have two-day uh, shipping when it comes to Amazon Prime and things like that so Amazon is always the best place to see these deals actually come up because it's so easy for people to just click a button and actually buy an iPad but again it's just very nice that Apple is actually deciding to actually put the uh, iPad base model on sale for $250 now the next uh, article here is actually about some competition in the actual uh, smartphone business it looks like Motorola of all companies out there actually wants to make a true competitor to the Note line from Samsung and of course the Note line from Samsung is actually a line that does have a stylist and I actually owned a couple of notes in my life I owned the Note 2 and I actually owned the Note 5 and I can tell you the experience on the Note line from Samsung is absolutely fantastic when it comes to uh, smartphones with an actual stylist what I can say is hands down uh, Samsung does make the best stylus uh, type uh, smartphones uh, actually on the market but now it looks like Motorola is actually trying to make a very good competitor to the actual note line and it's not the first time I'm pretty sure that we've seen another Android device out there to actually have a stylus included in the software is actually enabled around a stylus sure you can buy a modern-day smartphone whether it's an iPhone or whether it's another type of uh, Android smartphone and then you can actually buy a stylus just randomly like on Amazon or in a store but it's not going to be the same thing as having a dedicated note because the note does have a very specific stylus which is I think a Wacom stylus and then on top of that it does have specific software that does play nicely with the pen so hands down if you're going to buy a device with a stylus then of course I really do uh, recommend a uh, device with an actual stylus that's built for a stylus that comes included and just the fact that most of the time when you buy something like the note or when you buy something that's made for a stylist or comes with a stylist 
that the main gimmick is a stylist. It usually does fit into the device, so you don't have to worry about trying to carry it around, worrying about batteries and things like that. It's just made for the device, and it just does make sense. A lot of people out there just aren't a big fan of companies copying each other when it comes to technology, when it comes to gaming, pretty much anything out there when everybody sees a company copying each other. Some people get a sour taste in their mouth because they're like, why would a company want to copy another company, especially when a company already has a good idea and it's already selling well and they already been a, an established uh, idea for quite some time like you look at the note line the note line started a long long time ago and they're already on the note 10 which they've made 10 iterations of the note and then you have another company like a uh, motorola trying to come over and take over the uh sty stylus space when uh, Samsung already makes the uh, Note line, honestly, for me, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I actually think that's a relatively good thing because that does mean more competition, the better. And that also means we may get better experiences. Will the this brand new Motorola phone actually take out the Note line when it actually comes to a stylist, uh, a stylist focused smartphone? Honestly, I just don't see that happening. There's two reasons why. One reason is Motorola is not a company that's just as mainstream as something like Samsung when it comes to premium smartphone designs. And then on top of that, when you think of uh, stylist-enabled devices, of course, you do think of smartphones being Samsung, the Note line, because they do have the most staying power. And there was already some other smartphones years ago that did try to copy the Note line, but they just weren't as successful, and nobody bought them. So most likely, this is not going to do anything. And most likely, the biggest downfall to this uh Motorola phone is actually going to be the fact that they aren't probably going to have the same software experience as something like the uh, Note line. You guys know they always redefine it, and every time they do make a brand new Note, it always does seem like they add more and more features to the S Pen and things like that, where I think that's really going to be the biggest downfall. And not just the pen aspect, when you're thinking about an overall phone, the, the Note line specifically actually combines the best of an Android phone with a stylus, whereas the Motorola line or the LG line of phones never were some of the best smartphones out there. So if you want overall the best smartphone with a stylus, it's still going to be Samsung, because most likely when this thing actually comes out, even if it does have way better S Pen features or just different features that the S Pen doesn't have. It's going to lack in different departments. Maybe the battery life's not going to be that good. Maybe the screen's not going to be that good. Maybe it'll be a much more laggier phone. Maybe it won't get updates as much and uh, things like that. So the most likely there'll be some drawbacks to this phone since we all know in the uh, Android smartphone world, Samsung is hands down the best manufacturer without a doubt, and no one could really just disagree with that. It's pretty much flat out the best phones you can buy. There are some pretty good other options when it comes to Samsung or when it comes to Android smartphones altogether, but that's for another vi that's for another day and for another topic. But yeah, it's just interesting that Motorola, out of all companies, wants to make a uh, Note knockoff, and I'm all for that as long as they make it a good phone and they actually know what they want to do with this phone that's not necessarily a bad thing and it's also a win-win for the consumer because that means we have more choices when it comes to stylist enabled smartphones and uh, things like that so that's overall uh, just uh, very interesting now the next topic that we actually have on the actual list it looks like Apple actually has some kind of document about a brand new iMac and I'm looking at the picture of this brand new iMac, and they're really trying to do something very different with the iMac line. It says, Apple imagines iMac 
built into curved sheets of glass. So pretty much they're kind of playing on the idea of like a foldable device, but this time it's going to be with like a curved display for like the iMac for the longest time, the iMac line, which is an all-in-one computer. That's a desktop that you sit on a desk that has a, a, a screen built onto a computer has been the same for nearly as long as it ever started practically. So this would actually be a very big change of pace when it actually comes to the uh, come to the iMac line. And honestly, I don't know what to think about this. Of course, these are only prototypes and uh, things like that. So you have to take in consideration that this may never actually come true and things like this. But it does look like it's actually going to be a very interesting design and in the year that we live in 2020 I actually think it's a very good idea for companies to think outside of the box and if any company was gonna try something new it would definitely be Apple and the nice thing about Apple just like Samsung is if Apple ever does to try something very weird and it doesn't work out like people don't gravitate towards it and it actually flops well they have nothing to lose because they're they have pretty much endless money at their disposal so it, it it would be nice to actually try new things because hey you never know if new technology is actually going to be stick actually going to stick and people are going to uh, lean towards it and you never know if it's going to actually be practical because a design that you think is not practical you really have to get it in your hands and really use it and things like that to really see if it's actually uh, going to be something that's actually going to be uh, practical and I actually think that this device in a lot of number of ways could actually be a practical device. Now from this article specifically, um, looking at this article about this uh, Apple uh, curved sheet of glass, apparently the main reason why this would actually be practical and be usable is the fact that you can fold this thing up and for carrying this thing around and for uh, storing this thing, it would overall just be a little bit more practical than your traditional iMacs because iMacs, iMacs are just a little bit too heavy, a little bit too bulky, and they're hard to move around and things like that. And in this image right here, it does actually show the iMac actually uh, folding up. And since the iMac is actually uh, folding up, it does look like that's actually good since the screen is a curved screen you can fold up. So that's primarily the only function I can see this thing being practical for. And then uh, outside of that, I don't know what else you would actually use this uh, technology for. They don't really go into too much detail about this uh, thing other than the fact that this thing does look futuristic. Anytime you have something that folds or something that's curved, it does actually make the design more futuristic. But even if the only reason they made this thing actually have a curved display on the front would be for storage options because you apparently from here again it looks like you can actually fold the keyboard into the actual screen since it is curved would actually still be very practical for storage reasons and it would also give this thing a much more different design than what we currently have on the market for the iMac line since the iMacs literally have never changed outside of the resolution getting better outside of the specs getting better and that's uh, practically it so we'll have to wait and see if Apple's actually ever going to use this design, ever patent this design, or just ever go through with this design. But overall, it's just really a uh, very interesting design from Apple. And I'm not all uh, too mad if they actually use this for the next iMac design. I can see it actually being kind of a very good design from Apple. Now let's actually move on to this uh, next article. This may actually be the last uh, article on my actually list for this podcast. It looks like a robber. Uh, let me see here. It looks like arm robber steals over a hundred and thirty thousand. Again, a hundred and thirty thousand 
U.S. dollars in GameStop merchandise. He just flat out stole stole it. And it looks like this guy got a lot of time in jail. It looks like this guy was uh, 28 years old, and he looks like he was sentenced up to 10 years in prison after uh, after uh, proving that he was guilty of robbing a uh, after robbing four. GameStop stores at gunpoint in uh, 2018. So it's been a couple of years since this incident actually happened, but it is interesting. It looks like he finally got 10 years in prison, and that's a hefty penalty. But again, it looks like from this one, he did rob these uh, stores at gunpoint, and he pretty much forced all these uh, locations to give him like a lot of game consoles, a lot of uh, just stuff in the store that was worth a lot of money. And you guys know with a lot of gaming equipment, a gaming stuff is very expensive, especially if you have, like for instance, the store clerk actually give you a lot of consoles and a lot of accessories and the games, especially if you had like 8, 9, 10, 20 games. Games add up easily and very fast with the hardware included. I can definitely see how we got up to 130 uh, $130,000 worth of GameStop merchandise, but honestly, I wonder how we actually got away with all this merchandise because even at 130000 according to this article, that would actually be a lot of actual stuff to actually take out, and I'm surprised that he actually never got caught taking all this stuff out, but I guess people were just too scared, and they actually wanted to actually, of course, probably not get shot or something like that when it comes to uh actually uh, him taking all this uh, uh stuff away so that's actually uh very interesting what i do know is from a lot of different stores and a lot of different especially retail retail outlets apparently what they don't want you doing is they don't want you actually uh going after somebody who steals uh steals stuff from the store because apparently it's very of course very dangerous and very unsafe so i get why maybe if he stole stuff at gunpoint and then he walked away you wouldn't go chase him down because it's just way too risky so most likely a lot of these store employees probably just let this guy go and then they probably called the cops on him afterwards and of course he did actually get caught uh in the long run of course one thing at least that I always thought was actually very interesting and kind of unsafe, in my opinion, at least when it comes to GameStops, because I do have GameStops around me, and the bad thing, at least with my GameStops around me, I never actually understood why a lot of times with my GameStops, again, I don't know if it's for every GameStop, and I don't know where you live if it's the same case, but for me personally, a lot of GameStops that I actually go to are actually in strip malls, but the bad thing is with a lot of these different GameStops that are in strip malls, they literally only have one employee at the store at all time, and honestly, time and time again, I just think that's very unsafe and very dangerous. Why would you actually only have one GameStop employee inside the GameStop at all time? Because obviously, if someone like robs your store or someone's starting a fight in your store or doing something very dangerous and illegal, it would be kind of scary situation for you to be the only uh, person in the store. But then again, I get why a lot of these stores, at least around me, would only have one person uh, <laughs> in the store. It makes sense because time and time again every year it does seem like GameStop is running out of uh, money and they are starting to lose money by the day so of course they don't want to hire as as many employees as possible and most likely these stores aren't that big so it makes sense they would only need one employee in the store at all time but then again it's just very unsafe and very dangerous in my opinion and personally if I was in a situation where I was the only employee in a GameStop uh, working it by myself for like a 
five-hour shift, I would actually be very scared not knowing what to do if someone actually broke in. Hopefully, if someone did actually break into the GameStop and did something very dangerous or illegal, I would hope there would be other people like uh, in the store like buying things and watching my back and hopefully the cameras would be able to catch everything but yeah that's just very dangerous but overall i guess this guy just got stopped uh from gamestop and things like that so that's actually uh very interesting i guess if you were going to rob a store i guess the bet one of the best stores to rob if you were going to do it which of course i do not I do not condone robbing, I do not condone stealing and things like that because that's obviously not the right way to go about things. You should always pay for what you believe in and you should always pay for your product. But if you were going to steal from a store, GameStop would be the store to steal from. From one, like I just mentioned, at least in my area, there's not too many employees around the store. And then on top of that, they do have some of the most merchandise in a store and a lot of it's worth a lot of money so if you were to haul a lot of uh, GameStop stuff outside of the store you would be getting you would be getting away with a lot of merchandise and you can easily resell that stuff too because a lot of games are very resellable a lot of consoles are very resellable a lot of gaming merchandise is just very resellable so it makes sense to steal from a store like GameStop but one thing that does still puzzle me is how the heck did he actually get away with $130,000 worth of GameStop merchandise, which is just absurd. I just don't know if this is actually real and if I actually believe this story. But if it is real, that's just a lot of stuff. Even if you were to get that stuff, you would have to take a lot of stuff out of these GameStops. But granted, it does say he stole from four different stores, and he must have had a lot of stuff to actually get that. To be more specific in this article... It does actually say he actually took out $132,300 uh, from the store, which is actually a, a pretty crazy pretty crazy amount of money. But it's nice, I guess, this guy got, uh, got stopped. And I'm not too shocked that people still try to do this thing today in the day that we live in. There's always these sketchy people and things like that. So I guess that's actually going to do it for this podcast anyway, guys. This is Wayne from Wayne Talks signing out. Have a nice day.